We're peaking too early. What are you going to say for tomorrow? All right. Chavra, good night Shabbos, everyone. First of all, tremendous yashikot for the beautiful for the beautiful spread. Best ever. Mamish, best ever. It's a good Muslim. No, what's the Muslim? The Muslim is at the end of the day, people are simple. People are simple. Chicken and fries. Okay, Shkach Rabsi, beautiful, beautiful spread. See who's our sponsor for today? Scott Gordon? Yep, Ezra Scott Gordon. Memory of his friend, Avi Victor Kobins. Shem Shavon Aliyah. Thank you. 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 Thank all right, Tabo, since we are continuing tonight, Amir Tzashem, in B'nai Machshav Tova. So I think for many of us, the Rebbe, the Rebbe always changes our life, right? Each and every week. That, that's the truth. No sheer, no, no, anytime you learn the Piyajatso, by definition, you never emerge the same person. The person you are at the beginning of the Limud is never the same person you are at the end of the Limud. And I think last week, the Rebbe, you know, Ramir and I were talking about this on Shabbos already. The Rebbe transformed Shalashudas. Right? No one could ever experience a Shalashudas again. And then, same way, after the Rebbe described the enormity of the Shalashudas experience. But of course, leaving aside the specific example of Shalashudas, what the Piaget was really helping us to understand was this idea of becoming one with our feelings and embracing our feelings, finding the ability to experience emotion. So I go back to what the Rebbe mentioned in the beginning of Os Yir Aleph, where the Rebbe said that if you think about it like emotions, emotions are like a deep raging ocean, like a deep raging ocean. But what happens more often than not in the world of emotions? People don't wade into the water. Instead, kind of, where do they stay? They stay at the shallow, in the shallow end. So what happens when you walk in the shallow end? You know, your feet get a little bit wet, which is very nice. You enjoy it a little bit. But Lamaisa, you don't have a fully immersive experience. The Rebbe says to have a fully immersive experience in the world of emotion, a person has to be willing to experience emotion. So the Rebbe described to us, and he was using Shalashudas just as an example. Remember, again, Shalashudas is not the primary topic of what the Rebbe is trying to teach. But he's trying to give an example of an experience where you could stay in the shallow end of the pool, right? You could stay at the shallow end of the experiential pool. And, you know, it's nice, and it's enjoyable, and it's pleasant, right? Or you could venture in. And once you venture in, the Rebbe described what Shalashud this is, what's actually happening in the celestial sphere, what's happening between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and man, and all of that could only be experienced if a person is willing to open up their neshama. And I will say, the whole point that the Rebbe is making over here is, so you ask yourself, and a number of you came over to me, over the course, it was actually very beautiful, over the course of the week asking me about this, which is, so how do I get, like using the Rebbe's example, how do I get from my Shalashudas to the Piazetzna's Shalashudas? Right? How, how do I get there? So of course, remember, the simple answer is, simple answer is, who says I'm supposed to get there? Right? The Piazetzna is the Piazetzna. And obviously his ability to experience certain things is probably fundamentally different than my ability. But on a, on, a, on a more global level, how do I get to some degree of what the Piagetzna is describing? 
So what would our Rebbe answer us? How, how do we get to, from where we are to where he is? How, how do you do that? You open your heart. It's a willingness to experience emotion. Because what the Piagetna has been sensitizing us to about saying, this is, I just want to tell you, like, I've, I've found this incredibly instructive in, in, my, in, my, in my life, my personal life, since I learned this piece. Where the Piagetna has sensitized me, the Rebbe has sensitized me to this idea that even subconsciously, we wall off emotion so frequently, right? I just, I, I don't want to feel certain things, so I shut it down. I just shut it down. Sometimes it's conscious, sometimes it's subconscious. But a lot of times, and again, we do it in different ways, right? Sometimes it's just cognitive dissonance, like I just pretend like there's nothing going on. Sometimes, again, it's sarcasm, it's cynicism, it's humor. People use all different types of tools. But more often than not, I have walled myself off from experiencing certain things. The Piazzetna says, you have to break down the wall. You have to break down the wall. And the person just has to have a willingness to experience the entirety of the emotional dynamic. And then once that happens, once that happens, then suddenly again a person begins to see the world in a dramatically different way. So I will say we're continuing tonight with Os Yudbeis, page 30. Page 30, Menemach Shabbatola. So the Rebbe writes as follows. He says, Yadanu. And we're going to see, we'll see how much we have time for tonight. We're going to for sure do your days. It might be that your Gimel is going to happen next week in Yerushalayim. So, Mir Sashan, everyone's invited. Shir's invited to come in Mir Sashan to follow Sarah Tisrael. It'll be a live stream. It'll be a live stream. It'll be a live stream. Right? Yeah, yeah of course, it's going to be a live stream. Yeah. Wait, what? Uh, it's schedule. Yeah. What time is what time's on the schedule? Really it's an hour difference. Live stream might not help. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> just the easiest thing is to just block out the day. Good point. <laughs> block out the day. At some point on Thursday, we're going to be streaming back the name of Shabbatova. Keep your calendar clear. Keep your calendar clear. Right, right. It's not going to be before 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's for sure. That's for sure. If you really love this, you do it at 3 a.m. <laughs> if I really love you at three, what's at three a.m.? Yeah, oh, three a.m. would be got it, got it. You know what? It's not. It's not so. It's possible. It's possible, right? Yeah, you can cut sauce. Yeah, thank you for giving me more stuff to do. I appreciate this. It's not enough on my plate, but thank you. <laughs> you can email to suggestions at suburbanorthodox.org. It never gets checked. Let's go. But no, we're We're gonna. We're gonna. We can't. This is the kind of limo. The truth is, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. It's, it's a little bit ironic. The Piazzetta is gonna talk about. If we get to it today. How often actually a chabur like this has to meet in order for this process to be effective? It's pretty amazing. So, Goody writes. So, page Osiud Beis, Osiud Beis, page thirty. So, look what the Rebbe writes. Yadanu gam yadanu, shaod gam atal libcha mistapi. I will say the other beauty of learning the piyajetsna, and the truth is, this is in a lot of streams of Chasidus, which is Chasidus in general is very embracing and acknowledging and accepting of the actual dynamic of the human condition, right? It's part of the beauty of, part, we'll say, what, what motivated, let's go back a little bit, right? The founder of Chassidus, the Baal Shem Tav HaKadosh, the Rebbe, the Rebbe of Rebbe, Zuchus HaYagin Aleinu. What motivated the Baal Shem Tav to, to create like a whole new derech in Avodah Hashem, a recognition that so much of Yiddishkeit had become dependent upon spiritual excellence, intellectual prowess, the ability to learn. 
But what about a, those people who can't learn for a variety of different reasons? What about those people who can't measure up or can't yet reach that, that bar of excellence? So part of what the Baal Shem Tov created was a stream of consciousness in Yiddishkeit that accepts the limitations and accepts the realities of where man is. Now, again, Chassidu says you have to accept where you are for now, but you can't accept remaining in that place forever. So it's, a, it's this beautiful dialectic. I accept who I am right in this moment, but that's not who I want to be in a moment from now. So the Piazetna says, you know, we've been learning this. So we'll start again, we're 30 pages in, 30 pages in. The Piazetna says, I've outlined a lot of stuff, but he said, look at this. He says, I know there are those among you who are, skill, who are still skeptical. You're still skeptical, right? And you don't believe. It's all beautiful. The imagery is beautiful. The wording is beautiful. But there are those of you, says the Piazetna, no, who probably don't believe that a person could actually experience the things that I am describing. Ma'amin, ve'eno ma'amin. You believe, but you don't believe. You believe, but you don't really believe that you have the ability to see the world as Kula Kadosh, to see the holiness, to see the Ruchnius, to see the Kedusha in every single thing. I want to say, by the way, isn't it validating? Because the truth is, this is going through our mind as we've learned this Sefer, right? Trying to figure out, like, I, I understand what the Piazetna says, I don't understand what the Piazetna says, I kind of understand what the Piazetna says. I can't do this, I can't do this, I want a Shalashudas like this, but I can't have a Shalashudas. So it's okay, it's okay. I, remember, I will say, for, for, I would say for most of us, the Piazetna is introducing a totally dramatically different way of looking at things. So it's going to be understandable if we're a little bit skeptical. And not skeptical that I don't believe it. I believe it. I just don't want, I'm just not sure about what. If I believe it for me. You know, so you know how you have something like this? Like, I believe in a lot of things that are objectively true. Conceptually, not conceptually, conceptually, maybe we'll call it even objectively, not subjectively. In other words, I believe there's nothing here that the Piaget's not wrote that I said, no, that can't be true. That can't be true. No, nothing like that. I believe all of it can be true. I'm not sure all of it could be true for me. So the Rebbe goes on, he says, he says, he says, So remember again, what is the Piaget's not getting us? How is he trying to move us? He's trying to move us from being rational beings to being spiritual beings. See, before we start learning the Sefer, I will say, how did we look at the world? Says the Piyajas, no? We looked at the world through the lens of our Seichel, of our intellect. What is the Piyajas trying to teach us to do? To look at the world through the lens of Kedusha. To look at the world through the lens of feeling. To look at the world through the lens of emotion. But really, in essence, to look at the world through the lens of your Neshama. Up until this point, I've always looked at the world through the lens of my intellect, which, which, by the way, is not bad. It's not bad. It's important. We're going to see it's a synergistic partnership. But the goal over here is to begin the process of seeing the world through my neshama. He goes on. Neshama shemos ba'amrecha. Hello. So this is what happens. Ba'amrecha. I'll say to myself. Hello. Olam gufni anira ba'alo. Piyajatna. Come on. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. You know, the description of Shalashodis last week, right? The chariots and everything. You know what I see when I look at Shalashodis? 
know what I see? Chavro, what do you see? Look at Shal. So this? Exile. Right, good. It's, right. it's going to be one of two, right? Exile. What, 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 what do I see? What, what are you talking about? What do I see? I see Chalo. Again, I see beautiful Jews sitting together. Right? I see Exile. I see Tuna. I see Chalorols. Right? Uh, whatever, whatever. I see whatever was left over from Yiddish. Right? You know, whatever, whatever. I, 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 I see what's in front of me. I see what's in front of me. He says... He says, And a person will say, Rebbe, Rebbe, I want very much to believe you, but Lamaisa, you know, I'm seeing the reality. You're, you're telling me, see, the Piazzetta are saying, you're not seeing reality. You're seeing, you're seeing exile of Antuna, you think that's reality, that's not reality. You know what the reality is? The reality is that during Shalashud is the chariot of HaKadosh Baruch who is literally again racing through your heart, racing through your soul. That the noise of Shamayim is deafening. That's what, what are you talking about. What are you ta- I'm telling you what I see right in front of me. And I will say, remember again, that's the Seichel. What does the Seichel say? What does Seichel say? Seichel says, what you see is your reality. Or what you think you see and what you think you understand, that's reality. Aval me'ayin, abe'ayin, atabatu achkokach. Listen to this. This is so profound. And here, the Rebbe really gets to so much of the, of the essence of what he's trying to drive home. How do you know that what you see is objective truth? You think that because, I think that because I see, I mean you, I think that because I see it, I see it, I, I could see it. This is real. This is MS. And if I can't see it, if I can't see it, very interesting, you, you've got my attention, but I'm not sure that I'm hooked on the fact that that's MS. So the PhD says, well, how do you really know that what you see is truth? That what you see is MS. Look what he writes. He says, Hagam, this is incredible. She'en anu rotsim lahamik pulam ke'elu. says, well, if you notice, by the way, this is not a philosophical work. It's really not. So the Rebbe says, I don't really want to get like too much into philosophical discussions. Okay, we're about like 30 pages too late for that. But okay, and he says, Aval lahazis es daitcha. Let's listen to this. He says, what's my goal? My goal, the Lashon of here is so beautiful. Lahazis es daitcha. I want to move your understanding a little bit. Min vadaus u betichus chushecha shebahem ata boteach vedocha es kol yecholves ria ilah lahabit peria biltichushis advar mochshim. So Piaget says, here's what I just want you to believe. Here, Piaget states his goal. It's an interesting teaching methodology, right? The teacher is putting out at the beginning, you know, it's interesting. You would think that this is like teaching 101, but it's interesting. Many times teachers don't tell you what they want to accomplish, right? So part of being a good teacher is telling your student, right? You want your students to be vested in what it is that you're teaching them. So what's the goal? Right? Or, or what do you need to do? Why should they listen to you? What, what are they going to get from listening to you? If you can't outline what they're going to get from listening to you, then why should they listen to you? So the Piaget says, let me tell you what I want to do. I just want to move your thinking a little bit, says the Piaget. Because right now, talking to us, the way we think, is what I see is reality. The Piaget says, all I want to be able to do is for you to believe that just because you see it, it may not be the objective reality. That's all. That's all. I just want your mind to be open to that concept, says the Piazetzna, that not everything you see and therefore you think you understand is MS, is reality. Just I want you to be open to the concept that what you see, yes, I understand, objectively you're seeing it, 
But it may not be the MS. It may not be objective truth in life. Let's look at his examples over here. He says, Lachain. This is incredible. Let me ask you a simple question. What is water? What is water? Kilomar. So remember again, you take water in your hand, right? You take water in your hand. Say, okay, what is it? It's water. It's water. So you ask me, what is water? This is water. This is water. Right? I have it. This is it. It says, yet interestingly enough, So I don't stand. If this is really water, if this is water, if this is MS, so then how does this turn into snow? How does this turn into rain? How does this turn into um, aid? Uh, 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 mist. Mist. Uh, Thank you. Mist. Right? Fog. Right? Mist. How, 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 again, if what you see is objective MS, if this is MS, so if this is water, then this is water. That's it. it, it it's, it's MS. But then how do you explain the fact that this could morph into other things. If this is MS, then it's MS. Let's say, he's just trying to use a very simple example just to show us that what? Just because you see something in a certain way does not mean that you've discovered the objective truth about that item in all of its different facets and aspects. He goes on, he says, he says, Vishulamai, uh, he gives another example, Esakash, straw. His examples are very, very simplistic examples, but he's trying to make a point. Esakash, listen to this. Lemashal Govlim, Finasa Zevel. So we'll say, what happens? Take straw. What do you do with straw? What do you do with straw? Okay, come on. No one here has any idea what you do with straw, right? I know, I think my landscaper puts out straw, you know. Isn't that right? So, 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 so what do you do with straw? What do you do with straw? You go ahead and you, you go ahead and you, you crush it up. You can use it as fertilizer, right? So you take the straw, you crush it up, you use, use it as fertilizer for the field. Now watch this. So suddenly I take the straw, I take the straw, I go and crush it up, use it as fertilizer, put it in the field, and now what does it allow? What happens? What happens? The wheat grows. The wheat grows. Zoso meres, shinitosva alatvua. So what happened to the straw? Where, where did the straw go? Is the straw now part of the wheat? Right, so the straw is gone. Now there's only wheat. It must be, I guess the straw is now part of the wheat. So now again, the, the, the compost, the fertilizer, turned into wheat. Then a person eats the wheat. The wheat turns into the flesh, and the, and, and the blood of man. So now straw became wheat, which became flesh, which became blood, which became man. So what straw? So what straw? Is, is straw straw? We'll say, he's just trying to make the point that you look at something and you think you have it all figured out because, hey, I see it. It's water. It's straw. Piazza says, you don't have it figured out. You, you, you have it figured out for the one second that it's in front of you like that. But this item changes form. This item changes shape. This item changes use. So what he's trying to point out over here, just because you see something in a certain way, does not mean that what you see dictates the totality of the MS surrounding that item. 
He says, Umayim, umayim atzmom, etzem mayim, veetzem kash, etzem tvua, etzem basar, eich etzem echam is hapech, lesheni, leshlishi, veshiv chozal yatzmo. You have things that again I will say change into multiple forms, then change back into the original form. Oh, im afshar shahar be atzmim, nimsoim be etzem echad, loze afshar veloze emes, hincharo echad, so I will say skip a little bit. Skip a little bit. He says, Besheker. You see where I'm just skip two lines. Besheker. Yiftochu shecha leymar as sa'olam anurom mashpshim. So we'll say, often we lie to ourselves. We lie to ourselves. And we tell ourselves, we've got everything figured out. I've got it all figured out. I will say, now, why in life? This is an interesting question to ponder. Why in life do we lie to ourselves and tell ourselves that we have everything figured out? Like, what? 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 We, we, all, we all do it at different times. Why do we do it? Defends our complacency. Right? I'm sorry? Defends our complacency. Defends our complacency. Good. Beautiful. I'm in control. See, the scariest thing for people, for human beings, is a lack of control. Let's say, do you know, do you know what is the most common first word for babies? Most common. Mom. No. No. <laughs> no. Now I'm sure, like from a speech therapy perspective, I'm sure it's monosyllabic. No. It's easy. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Is the right? Why? Why? What's What's the pshat? On a ruchni level, it's very clear. He'll say, "What's no? What's no? No is when you flex your muscles of self autonomy, right? I'm in control. I'm in control. You're in control." You've got a diaper filled with who knows what, right? You're in control of nothing. You can't take care of anything, but you're going to walk around saying no. And the only thing that changes about us as we get older is our diaper, right? The diaper goes away. It comes back later on, right? right? But, but, but it's, a, it's, a, it's a big circle. It's a big circle. But we go through life. We go through life. And the one thing I want more than anything is control. Is control. So I will say, so that's why often in life, we're unwilling to ask for help, even when we need help, because I'm not, I, I, I got this. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. And we'll say, often I haven't had it under control for years. For years. I got it. I got it. You don't have it. You know you don't have it. Everyone around you knows you don't have it, but you're so stuck on having control. You're so stuck on having control that you're just unwilling to acknowledge it. Or how often do people, and we'll say, you see this all the time. We do it for ourselves. We, unfortunately, people do it for family members where we defend things that are really indefensible. Behaviors, actions, approaches that are objectively bad. Objectively bad. Instead of just saying like, own it and deal with it, I'll defend it. And I'll defend it from here until tomorrow, right? And I'm not going to give up the defense of it in any way. Because I will say at the end of the day, it's control. It's the one thing I want more than anything in this world because it's the one thing deep down I know that I don't have. I don't have control, right? All right, I should say, I have control over some things, right? The things usually related directly to me and really only in the here and now is what I control. But Lamaisa, when I think about life in a panoramic sense, I have very little control. So the Piaget says, what's going to happen? Hincharoa, so what's going to happen? So, um, I'm sorry. So he says, B'sheker, Yiftoch hushecha leymar, sa'olam anorom mashashem. So the Yitzhara is going to convince you, the Yitzhara is going to convince you to say, no, no, no. You've got it all figured out. You've got it all figured out. Right? You see everything for what it is. You have yourself figured out. You have your family figured out. You have everything figured out. No need to worry about anything. You have it all figured out. Why? So that's the Yitzhahara. Because the Yitzhahara doesn't want... Because I will say, the moment that I could admit that I don't have it figured out, and I actually don't know what's flying in life, is the moment that I realize what I see is not MS. 
And if what I see is not MS, it means I have to learn to open my eyes to try to figure out what is active MS. So the Yitzhar is going to try to convince me to avoid that at whatever cost. He goes on, Etzim kol omi be'enav. Yitzhar tells you, no, 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 what you see is what you get. You've got it all figured out. And what's say? What does Yitzhar say? Listen, stop trying to be a Makobol, right? Stop trying to be a Makobol. Stop trying to be a Kabbalist. You want to start seeing the holiness and everything, the spirituality and everything. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You're not a Makobol. You're not a Makobol. You're just a regular guy. And as a regular guy, trust what you see, and that's it. And the Piazhetsna says, just know, that's the Yitzhahara talking. That's the Yitzhahara talking. That's your mechanism of self-sabotage trying to derail your process of personalistic growth. He goes on, he says, The Yitzhara says, Why would you try to combat your senses? Right? If your senses tell you one thing, then that must be the objective truth. And why are you trying to fight against it? I try to convince myself, no, I see things for what they are. I see myself for who I am. I see life for what it is. I see my friends, my family. I have perfect clarity. I was like, that isn't incredible, by the way. See, everybody thinks that the Yitzhahara, that what, why, what's, what's the Yitzhahara's primary job? What does everyone think? To get me to what? To sin. It's not true. The Yitzhahar doesn't need to get me to sin. That's not what has to happen over here. But rather what? What's going on over there? Right? That's not, the Yitzhahar doesn't need, doesn't need me to sin. The Yitzhahar just has to convince me that I've got it all figured out. Because if the Yitzhahar could convince me that I've got it all figured out, and I have, I have 2020 life vision. I understand everything and everyone. The Yitzhahar doesn't have to entice me to engage in one sin. Do you know why? Because believing that you understand everything is the gateway to every sin. Why would the Yitzhahara spend time on one sin when he could create a dynamic ultimately that opens the door to every single possible Avera? And incredible. He goes on, he says, In the MS, ain't mayim vein kash, ain't all of it good. So let's say, now skip to the next paragraph. He says, This is incredible. I'll say this, this is a really, really beautiful idea. So we'll say, so now look what's going to happen over here. We're actually going to have two, two worlds collide. The world of being a, a, a kubal and a chassid. Now watch this. So, there, so, so the, so the Pijanetzna writes, he says that when we, see, when we say that the makubal, right, somebody who's steeped in Kabbalah, is able to see the spiritual dimension of the world. It's able to see, right? So just on a basic level, right? The Makobo is able to see Shalashudis, right? Like I said, we see exile in Tuna, and the Makobo is able to see chariots of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all these incredible things happening in this world. So the Piyajetzna says, Kavanasarak al Chosid Makobo. This is incredible. Says the Piyajetzna, no, 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 no. Being a makubal is never enough. Just like when you thought we had enough on our plate. Now the Yerzhasna said, it's not enough to be a makubal. You have to be a chassid makubal. Only a chassid makubal could really be able to see life. What does that mean to be a chassid makubal? It's actually very beautiful because in Mesila Asisharim, we just finished chassidus. It's always very 
beautiful. You know, it's almost like that little kiss around Kaddish Baruch Hu and our different streams of learning converge in one beautiful ocean of spiritual development. Hey, so here we just finished Chasidos in Masila Sharim. Now, now the Piyajestin says, it's not enough to be steeped in Jewish mysticism, whatever that means, or more esoteric knowledge. You have to be a Chasid who's then a Makobo. We'll say, what does that mean? This is incredible. V'zeachilo. Incredible. Ha-Chasid, kishenasa ba-machshava, Omotsi mikirbo raya ila or ria ila zu shiras kala olim nishmas v'ruach. So let's listen to this. See, according to the Piyazetzna, what does it mean to be a chassid? Right? So remember again. Remember how, how did the Ramchal describe chassidus? How did, what is, according to Ramchal, what does it mean to be a chassid? Above and beyond. Right? A tzaddik, tzaddik lives up to expectations. A chassid tries to surpass expectations. To Piazetna has a little bit of a different, it's the same idea, but a little bit of a, of a different explanation. Piazetna says, the chassid is someone who has stopped living life through the intellect. Not, 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 not abandon the intellect, but that he recognizes that his primary consciousness is not rooted in the intellect. His primary consciousness is rooted in the neshama and is rooted in emotion. Because at the end of the day, intellect, or say, see, intellect is very powerful and intellect is very necessary. What's the limiting aspect of intellect? What's the limiting aspect of intellect? What does intellect allow you to focus on? What's real? Right? We saw that. We spoke about this already, right? There's between imagination and intellect. Right? Intellect, intellect allows you to see what's real. Even imag- imagination, which flows from intellect, right? Right, if you remember, we spoke at the beginning of the Sefer. When you have imagination that's rooted in intellect, what could you imagine? What can you imagine? Anything that's a derivation of that which is real. So, for example, I could imagine vacation, right? Why? Because a vacation, a vacation is rooted in my reality of life. I know what it means to work and not to work. So I could imagine what that vacation looks like. I often can't imagine what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, right? Why? Because that's not a function of intellect. So, the Piyajasana explains over something incredibly amazing. The chassid is someone, not who abandons the intellect, because you can't abandon intellect. Intellect is incredibly important. But the chassid is someone who understands that to see the world as it truly is, you cannot simply use the prism of intellect. Because intellect, once again, only allows you to see what the senses could feel, what the senses could perceive, what I could put my hands on. That's what intellect allows me to do. Anything beyond that, intellect says, if you can't see it, if you can't feel it, if you can't experience it, then what? Then what? Doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And I will say, the chassid says, what? There's so much more to that which exists in this world than what I could feel. But the chassid could only accomplish that because he chooses not to simply experience the world through the prism of intellect, but rather ultimately, again, through emotion as well. What you, what you just summarized is Kant. He's saying... Chas v'shalom, rachmar alas alo alayna. Right, there are, there are other, right, there are other... And I've dabbled. The problem with that is that man's reason is limited, and therefore it has to be guided by the Torah. So what we're talking about is not just the motive, I hope, 
you can correct me or tell me, um, is not just a motion, but perfected a motion. So we're not even, we, so you, you, you are correct, definitely, in, in, to a certain degree. We're not even up to that yet. Because remember, again, right now, what we're still focused on is this transition from intellect to emotion. Because often, again, I want to say, and I, and I want to point out, especially, again, you know, when you go through a typical yeshiva system, no one is ever learning anything like this. Intellect is king on every single level. It's all about the intellect. So before, you, you, that's an excellent term which we're going to talk about, perfected emotion. But even before we get to that, remember again, this, 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 this is why this piece is so powerful. What are the Piagets to tell us? How did we start out tonight? How did, the Rebbe, how did, how did our Rebbe start this year tonight? What did the Piagets to say to us? What's his goal? What's his goal for tonight's lesson? What's his, to, to just, to just move, move, just move the needle. Just, Piaget says, I want you to understand that there is another way to see life. That's all. You're, 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 Shai, you're absolutely correct, but you're about 10 steps ahead. So we're going to get there, Mirat Hashem, probably within the next three years. You know, at this, uh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. I think like another like 17, 17 pans of fried chicken and about, and, and about 34 shiurim. We're going to be there. We're going to be there. But good. So but before, right, before we even get to that, Piaget is just saying, can you at least acknowledge, now you can't say, can we at least acknowledge that there's another way to see life. There's another way. Correct. <laughs> now, once, if, we, if we're able to acknowledge it, okay, then you're correct. So now, what do you do with it? What do you do with it? And by the way, it's even more like, how do you ensure that emotion doesn't run away with you? Right? How do you ensure that emotion doesn't hijack you the same way that intellect has? So you're 100, we're going to get to that. I'm sure you're going to say something. I'm just wondering how this stems with his push for mindfulness that we've had before. Right. Oh. So you're going to see what the Biagenstein is going to say. Mindfulness is an emotional experience. He's going to say mindfulness is not an exercise of the intellect. Mindfulness means being emotionally present in the situations in life so as to allow yourself to experience the full range of emotion for any life experience. It's a, it's a different definition of mind. The whole, the, that's what I'm saying. The whole thing changes. And that's why what I found fascinating about this piece, I'm very excited about this. I hope I'm conveying that. Let's say, like, like, what, what's, what's, what's incredible about this is, it, 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 it's, that's why the Rebbe is saying, all they want you to do is just acknowledge that there's another way to see things. Th- th- that's all. That's all. It just strike me as a theory. He's not telling you that there's a different way. He's adding to a layer. It's well. That's it's just in addition to correct. The there's 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 the, there's the intellect which tells you reality. And by the way, we all know you can't be divorced from reality, right? Because people are divorced from reality. That's a dangerous way to live. So you have to obviously start. You know, say it's no different than than the way people develop thinking, right? What's the first step? Let's say you know it's interesting, right? Why do children? Why do children? often have such difficulty comprehending sometimes like the world. Why, why do they have such difficulty comprehending the world? It's a very simple yesod. Oh, I'll simplify it. Right, for me, it's simple, which is children are concrete thinkers. Right? So concrete thinkers, what happens? There's black, there's white. Right? There's good, there's evil. There, that, that's it. As we get older, we, and I will say, by the way, that's intellect. Right? There's water, there's, you know, not bourbon, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, like, like, there's this, there's that, there's solid, there's this. There, there's different things in this world. And as we get older, as adults, we recognize that, oh, there, there, is, there, there is black, there is white, there's a whole ton of gray. 
And there's a whole bunch of, so we'll say, so whether you realize it or not, that's already, that's not as much intellect as much as it is emotional experience. So all the Piaget is telling us is at the end of the day, just recognize that there's another way to see things. So let's come back to this. I want to finish this tonight in Mirat Session. So let's say, listen to this. So the Piaget says, therefore, if you really want to understand this, it's not just enough to be a Makubal. In other words, the chariots of Hashem racing through Shalashudis is beautiful. But if you really want to understand and appreciate what I'm saying, you have to be a chassid who's a makobal. And what does it mean to be a chassid who's a makobal? It's a person who does not allow himself to only see the world through the prism of the intellect, but allows himself to see the world through the prism of emotion as well. As lo meitru es ha-kabala kedei ladas es matzavayin l'shamus u'shmoseyin sheba'olam b'chinosan v'ishtal shloseyin kol echad, page 32, kol echad v'echad l'mino. So we'll say, so then what happens? So here's what's incredible. So we'll say, just to understand, now by the way, we have a whole new mission in life. We'll say, what's our new mission? What's our new mission? We thought the mission was to become B'nai Machshalatova, to become mindful people. Now I realize my real mission is to become a Chassid Makobol. Also, can you imagine putting that on a business card? Right? You know what I mean? Right? Chassid Makobol. Right? Chassid Makobol at gmail.com. You know, that's, that's, so that's, right, that's the goal. That's, that's the goal of the PhD. So what happens to your Chassid Makobol? So the Chassid, the Chassid says, I don't just see the world through my intellect. I see the world through emotion. And then the study of Kabbalah, the study of Chassidos, say, allows you to unlock all of those hidden realities. So suddenly... When you look at bread, you don't just see bread. And when you look at Shalashudis, you don't just see tuna fish and egg salad. You see all of these different dimensions. But in order to do that, step one is becoming a chassid. Learn to experience the world through the prism of emotion. And then step two is becoming a makobol, steeping yourself. Steeping yourself. I don't like to use the word Jewish mysticism because it sounds, it sounds very commercialized. Yeah. right? I, I mean more like, like learning of chassidus. Like what, what we're learning, I will say, th- this is... Well, people would call this Jewish mysticism, right? This is the more esoteric bodies of Torah. We learned Daf Yomi, right? Daf Yomi is very concrete. I mean, today we had today we had talking cows, but but Lamaisa. Usually, usually it's very concrete, right? Usually very concrete, right? And then we have and then we have this, and then Bnei Shavatova, which is much more esoteric and much more lofty. This is Kabbalah. This is what the Rebbe is describing over here. So I have to become a Chassid. And then I became a So the chassid allows me to see the world through the prism of emotion. And then the more esoteric bodies of Judaic knowledge allow me to see the deeper hidden dimensions of holiness in each and everything in this world. So the rabbi goes on. He says, this is incredible. Both say, look at the second line. They will say, I love this line. So a person who is not a chassid, ish yovesh. Bechushim yeveshim. Person who's not a chassid, I will say, is a, per, a dry person. A dry person. They, 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 just, there's, there's, what? A lit box. No, whatever. It's, uh, we, love, we love everyone. We love everyone. There's a lot of kiruv to do in the world. There's a lot of kiruv, right? Uh, so, so, so listen to this. See, he says, Ish yavesh bechushim. I will say, by the way, you see this, you see this, you know, I'll say, you, you know, I'll tell you something very interesting. I'll just mention something. You know, today, today, there is such a dramatic proliferation of Torah, right? We, we sometimes like don't appreciate what it is, what it is that, that we have 
in this generation. Right? You, you could have Torah anywhere, anytime, any language, any platform, right? Whatever, whatever you want, you can have it. I would say, with every gift, with every gift, there's an Isayon. There's a challenge. So what's the gift with the proliferation of knowledge? What's the gift? A highly intellectualized Judaism. And you see this. You see this, right? How people, how people, relegate the study of Torah to like an intellectual exercise, which has always been a challenge, but I think it's much more now because Torah is much more accessible and it's dry. How do you know when your Torah is dry? How do you know when your Torah is dry? I will say, how do you know when your Torah is dry? When after you learn it, it doesn't change you. If you could learn and you're the same person afterwards that you were before it, that's dry. That's dry spirituality. That's try spiritual. It's nice. Yeah, you, I'm sure Kashwaku gives you a reward for it, because every time you do something good, you get some reward for it. But it's dry. It's it's dry. It it doesn't it doesn't fundamentally transform who and what you are. If a yid learns a piece of Torah and you feel the same about yourself after you learned it as before you learned it, there's something missing. There's just something experience, there's something missing from that Torah. I mean, nothing missing from the Torah. There's something missing from my experience in learning that Torah. So the Rebbe says, well, let's finish up. He says, a person's not a chassid, which means well, a person's not a chassid. If all a person lives, well, say, if you're not a chassid, then what are you? What are you? If you're not a chassid, then how are you living? Through which prism? Intellect. If you're just an intellectual Jew, if an intellectual Jew doesn't mean you don't observe, doesn't mean you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing. But if all you live life, or if, all, if, you're, if your entire spirituality and your entire religiosity is lived through the prism of the intellect, that's dry. He says, Listen to this. What a line. What a line. Says the Rebbe. I will say, this happens all the time, right? Where people decide they want to dabble a little bit in Hasidus. Let's, let's leave aside, let's leave Kabbalah. Right? They want to dabble a little bit in Hasidus. What happens? You hear it. I hear this all the time. Oh, I started learning this. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. There's a very simple answer to that. Because if you try to delve into Kabbalah, but you're not first a Hasid, right? You try to dive into Kabbalah as an intellectual, as they say, Zelo'ole. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. In fact, says the PHS, you know what it does? It creates your bovia. I'll say, what's your bovia? What's your bovia? I'll tell you about an incredible story about your bovia. There's a, there's a winery in Sfas. I'm going to go there, Mirza Hashem. Winery in Sfas called the Abu Hav Winery. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to tell the story now because we have, we, have, we have five minutes left. And we're not going to finish. So I'll say, so listen to this. It creates, it creates erbuvia. It creates erbuvia. Creates, I'll say, isn't it incredible? It just it creates confusion. It just creates confusion. Because here, I live my whole life through the prism of the intellect. Now suddenly I'm delving into these esoteric bodies of knowledge that require emotion. But I haven't flexed the emotion muscle. So I don't have that. I don't have that. So all I have is the intellect. I'm diving into the esoteric. And now I'm just totally confused. By the way, not only confused, but I'll say, what else? What else? Not just confused, but what else? Totally unfulfilled. Totally unfulfilled. Right? In other words, when you try to jump into Hasidus... And all you have is your intellect. Not only is it confusing, but it's a fundamentally and profoundly unrewarding experience. A total letdown. You see this all the time. By the way. People start to get into chassis, like, and they expect. They expect to feel like a wave, like a tidal wave of energy. I like to hear it. They hear it. They learn. And like, 
A, it didn't make any sense, right? B, I feel like I just wasted my time, right? I could have been doing something. Why? But, but I put it, because I will say, there are certain things that you can't approach with the intellect. They fundamentally require the emotion. Let's finish up. He says, so actually what we'll do is we'll stop over here for tonight. But again, so just, just to kind of wrap up what the Piagetna is highlighting for us, which is really incredibly profound. So what the Piagetna is sensitizing us to about says, remember, his stated goal, to open our minds, to move the needle on the way we understand things, and just to recognize that although we think that what we see, this is the world. So first of all, Piagetna shows us, well, what you see is not the world. Because then, if this is real, then the same water that's real right now, how does it become ice? How does it become, what was it? Not fog. Mist. Uh, mist, right? How does it become this? How does it go? So, either this is real or it's not real. How does the straw become the bread, becomes the flesh, becomes the blood? Which obviously tells you that just because you see something, that doesn't give you the full reality of that experience. Therefore, all the Piagetna is arguing for is to allow ourselves to experience the emotion. I, but why am I so resistant to experiencing the emotion? Because we'll say to experience the emotion requires what? You have to let go of control. Because the great part about the intellect is I could convince myself that I have control. This is water, this is this, this is this. This goes here, this goes here. And now there's, there's control. There's control. The moment I stop living solely through the intellect and through emotion, I have to give up a certain level of control. Giving up control is one of the hardest things that we do in life. But says the Piaget, and if we're willing to go ahead and experience the world through emotion, that allows you to become a chassid. After I become a chassid, then I can truly delve into Kabbalah. And then what happens is something absolutely amazing, which is I get to see multiple layers of dynamic experience that I've never seen before in my life through the prism of the intellect. And they're all existing all around me in any given moment when I choose to see the world and I choose to see myself through the prism of emotions. So we'll stop over here for tonight. Incredible, incredible stuff for tonight. The Merit Session will continue next week. Oh, wait, wait, wait till we get to Osud Gimel, because next week, Osud Gimel is even like a different level, a different level as well. Amir Sashem. Osai Shkoyach. Shkoyach. I'll bring more to you. I'll take this home anyway. Oh, that, so that, that we're going to have. Is there, no, no share tonight. No.